And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps Post Game Show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the East End of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew, and as a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointment now. Well, Raptors fans, wow, that was a crazy game. Crazy, crazy Sunday game. I feel like these Sunday games always get a little weird. I don't know, there's been mad overtime games, just weird finishes. But this game was right up there. What a crazy loss for the Toronto Raptors for them to go down 115 114 after just the most insane half-court bank shot I've seen in a long time. Like, just off the top of my head, I'm reminded of the Mo Pete shot, the famous Mo Pete shot double clutch when Michael Ruffin threw it in the air in Washington and Mo Pete hit that shot to win. I mean, that one was kind of weird, but obviously this one's right up there too. I don't even know how to describe that shot. That is so weird, but I think, I think... This is the moment that lets us acknowledge how crazy that shot was, but also take the step back. And this is when people say, okay, well, there's other things to work on. It's not just about wins and losses. There's things you can pick up on from this game that were good and things you could definitely pick up from that were bad. Right? Make sense? Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you for joining me. Whether you are tuning in live as we do each and every Raptors game on Twitter, at Shell Alexander. Huge shout to you guys there. If you click on this link, you can finally you can uh, get into the comment section here. We take your questions and comments live. Same thing goes for Instagram. There's another feed there. Just go to at Sheldon Alexander on Instagram. We take your comments and questions. And of course, if you can't make it live, we got a podcast. It becomes uh, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and of course, YouTube, like and subscribe, tell your friends, all that fun stuff. We got you covered however you want to listen. But as we get to this game, <laughs> I guess the, the weirdest thing about this game is that this was only the third game in 74 that the Raptors have played this year. Only the third time this season that the Raptors had their full roster healthy at full strength. Kyle Lowry was back in the lineup after missing two games with his bum ankle but that gave you the starting lineup of Lowry, Green, Kawhi, Siakam, and Marc Gasol, which appears like that might be the starting lineup from here on out. But either way, a good sign for the Raps. And they came out in the first half, and they looked dominant in this game. They got out to a 12-point lead early. The offense, again, has been moving. I know uh, if you are in the comments, especially on uh, YouTube, there's been some back and forth going on between me and some uh, some of our commenters about the importance of Marc Gasol to the Raptors' offense. And here's the thing. It wasn't so much about the fact that Marc Gasol only had two points and took one shot in the last game. My point was he can score just as well as Serge, just as well as JV, if not better. It's just he understands his role with this team in this lineup is that they don't need him to score. And so he can find other ways to contribute. And the ways that he's been doing that is helping the ball move. And that's what the Raptors are doing in this, in this game. But you can also tell, and there's people talking about it after the last game, even Danny Green and Freddie commented on it last game that they wanted to get Marcus all more touches more touches so he can score buckets because that's still a big part of his game. We know he's capable of that and he's been doing a good job of fitting in, but at the same time, there could be a moment where in the playoffs, you need him to get buckets. So you could see that early on. First points of this game was a Marcus Salt three. And then the next, a couple plays later, they fed him in the paint, hits a nice jump hook. And it's crazy to see that, you know, he didn't get his first shot attempt until the 47th minute mark of Friday's game, and he already took three shots, making his first two in the four minutes, first four minutes of tonight's game. So clearly between Nick Nurse and the teammates, they both want to get him involved because they know what he can do offensively, and part of that is scoring. Same thing goes for your man's Pascal Siakam. 
Been saying it all year. The glow up continues. Pascal off to a great start. And this, these are the things we need to pay attention in the final few games of the season. How the rotation starts to fit in. How the rotation gets played. Because first subs, Fred Van Fleet comes in for Lowry. OG came in for Pascal. Now, Nurse talked about trying to get Siakam and Kyle to play a lot with the bench to start the second. And most likely with the fourth. So, I'll be super interested to see how that will play out throughout the rest of this season and into the playoffs. How you divide up the bench minutes, how the starters, which starters will play together with the bench, and see how that works going forward. So, saw the lineup of Kawhi, uh, Marcus Gasol, Danny Green, OG, and Fred Van Fleet. Now, everyone's pointing to OG. OG did not have a good game at all. OG looked kind of lost. But in that first run with the rest of that group, it was great ball movement. Kawhi driving, finds OG for an open three. And here's the thing with OG. He's almost got to simplify his game because we know what the potential is. We know what he's capable of. But the way that this team is made up, what they need from him is just to knock down open threes and be crazy aggressive on defense. They don't need him to dribble the ball. They don't need him to up fake, drive, or hold the ball. They need him to be ready to shoot. If he's not ready to shoot, move the ball and play crazy defense. That's what they need from OG. And there were times in this game where he was doing a little too much. And you can see that, and it's it's been a tough year for him. It's been inconsistent minutes. He's been in and out of the lineup. We obviously know about the stuff that's been going on with him and his family, like personal issues. So there's been a lot going on for a kid in his second year in the NBA and also someone who started last year. So there's a lot going on here with OG, but he's almost got to dumb his game down and just focus on being ready to shoot. But no matter what, bringing that defensive intensity, that's mainly what they need from him, and especially from Norman Powell. Because everyone's going to talk about Norm scoring. And Norm scored well, and that's cool. But Norm came in in that second half after not playing at all in the first half. Which again, I think Nurse is just trying to see, give Jeremy Lin, give Patrick McCaw some time, see what he has there. I think that was all calculated. Knowing that Norm is in the rotation, Norm is going to be one of your bench guys for sure. But also Norm struggled a little in the last two games. So I think letting him sit for the first half, letting him relax, letting, giving him a chance to just kind of watch and, and take a step back, that might have helped Norm a lot. Because when he came in in the second half, he was ready. He was very ready. He's playing defense, which again is the most important thing. And OG can look at Norm and even look at Pascal to a greater extent, but for sure, look at Norm and what Norm did in this game in terms of just making sure that he was ready defensively and turning his defense into offense. Not trying to do too much on the offensive end, which, hey, we know Norm struggles with that at times, but in this game, Everything offensively was under control. He took what the defense gave him. Even when he was driving to the basket, he drove under control. Definitely something for OG to learn from, from uh, Norm, but also the reminder that we could be in a scenario where there's not many minutes for OG come playoff time. It's just a reality. Something we saw from the Raptors that we hadn't seen a lot was Pascal at the five. Now, the matchups dictated that in this game, but it was good to see that if needed, that's a lineup that can work, where you have Pascal at the five, Kawhi at the four, and then Danny Green and your two other guards, whether it's Norm and Kyle or it's Kyle and Fred, however that works. But that's interesting to see that the Raptors are able to do that. Nick Nurse got a chance to test out lineups, and the biggest key... The biggest key, because here, here's really, if I'm going to sum up this game quite, quite simply, the Raptors started the game, that's probably their starting lineup we're going to see going forward, and the, the Hornets were outclassed. They weren't in the same league as the Raptors. The Raptors in that first bit looked so good to start. Gasol in the first half, he was taking the shots people wanted, still moving the ball. He had 10 points, 5 assists, 3 boards in the first half. Siakam was great. There's still that line where, you know, out of control, in control, but you got to take the good with the bad at this point of his career. But he was really good. 
minus the turnovers, right? But the Hornets had a one-point lead at the end of the half, and there wasn't a good start. For, like, it was a good start for the Raptors starters. It was the bench that couldn't really hold it down. But again, I understand what Nurse is doing because you're talking about giving extended minutes. There was a lineup out there of Jeremy Lin, McCaw, OG. Like, it was just a weird lineup, but you kind of know what he's doing or you kind of understand what he's doing, right? You had a lineup of Kyle, Fred, OG, McCaw, and Serge. It was a weird lineup. And it was the same thing that we've seen in a lot of these games where the offense stalls with the bench, the other team makes a run, and that's what happened. It was a 10-0 run for the Hornets in the second quarter. They led by two. Raptors had seven early turnovers, which led to 13 points off turnovers for the Hornets. And that's really where the game changed. Because the Hornets started to get confident with their shots, but the Raptors turning the ball over and keeping them in the game. Because again, the Raptors were up 12. They were right there. They're right there, and this game could have been a blowout early, but we've seen this story before. The bench let the team down, and by the time you come back with your starters, now it's either a tie game or they got to play catch-up. And again, I get what Nurse is doing. He's trying to see, like he's giving these guys an audition for who's going to play in the playoffs. Chances are we won't see Jeremy Lin. Chances are we won't see McCaw. Chances are we won't even see OG if we're being real. Or we'll see him in spurts. But he's giving these guys a chance. He gave them extended minutes to let them have an opportunity to say, hey, maybe we can go. Maybe these guys can give us something if the situation dictates it. We didn't see that in this game, right? We did not see that in this game. So again, the Hornets at the half were up by one. And then third quarter... Kyle Lowry, Marc Gasol, pick and roll. Haven't seen that that much. And that's another way that Gasol will get more touches. Because Kyle Lowry will make sure of that. We know that. That's what Kyle Lowry does. We've seen what Kyle Lowry's done for Serge. We've seen what Kyle Lowry has done for Pascal. I mean, Marc Gasol in this game, giving the people what they want. Seven of nine from the floor, two of three from three-point land. 17 points, four rebounds, six assists. Three blocks from Marcus Gasol and a steal. That's what I think people want to see from Marcus Gasol. And I get it. And I understand it. Hey, I've stated from the very beginning, I would like to see Marcus Gasol get bare minimum 10 shots per game. In this game, he still fit, only finished with nine. But you got to remember, he didn't really play late. That's only in 23 minutes. The matchups dictated that the Raptors go bit, go small, pardon me. And so down the stretch, there wasn't minutes for Gasol or Ibaka. Gasol only played 23 minutes in this game. Ibaka only played 18. So, all in all, still a great game for Marc Gasol. Kind of still playing well, but giving the people who are, are nervous when they see JV's big-time scoring lines for Memphis, which I still don't understand why that's making people kind of anxious or Raptors fans nervous. I don't really understand that because Memphis isn't going anywhere and Someone has to score points on that team. But either way, Raptors fans are a little nervous by Marcus Gasol only scoring two points in the last game. This game comes out, plays really well, should ease the, the tensions, let's say, among the fan base. Solid game for Marcus Gasol. And the other part of the third quarter for the Toronto Raptors, they started out okay, but then the Hornets just started shooting the lights out. And... It was massive because they couldn't miss from three. They finished the third quarter, 10 of 16 from three in the third, and they closed it out on an 8-0 run. And sometimes when a team's shooting like that, there's not much you can really do. The Raptors were trying. The Raptors came out. They brought out a defensive lineup. I remember Norm came out, gave them some great minutes. Norm came out, was 4-5 or five shooting. The, his only miss was on a layup. But more importantly, he started playing defense. And even though the Raps were down, they were down by as many as 10. The Raptors now, why I'm not worried about this team come playoff time, why I've been confident the whole time that I think this team can make the NBA Finals, is because when they put their mind to it, when they decide, okay, stop messing around, it's time to play defense, they're getting back in any game. They're getting back into any game against anybody. And I know that, hey, it's the Hornets. But at the end of the day, 
when they decided to go small and it was Norm, Danny Green, Kawhi, Pascal, and it was Fred for the most part, but you could sub in and out Kyle, same thing. But those guys locked up on defense. And that fourth quarter, watching what that team was capable to do when they were down, and they could have just packed it in and said, hey, you know, game's over. They're shooting the lights out. We'll just take this L. Instead, they turned it on defensively. And what more, what more can you ask for from a team that, you know, again, we, we keep wondering where they are in terms of are they ready for the playoffs? Are they gearing up for the playoffs? Load management. Everyone's worried about all these things. But when they play defense, this team is unstoppable. You saw possessions, and I thought one of the keys in this game was, especially having Siakam at the five, they kept running the screen and roll and Siakam switching out onto Kemba or even one of their other little guards. And Siakam's right there staying with them. He wasn't biting on the pump fake. He was contesting tough force, contesting and forcing them into very tough shots. Add in the fact that Danny Green, if they would get into the lane, Danny Green, the help defense was there. Danny Green with two blocks in this game. We saw Kawhi come over and get a crazy block in this game. The help defense was just crazy and not from Raptor bigs, from Raptors perimeter players. That is crazy. You have your five men on the perimeter playing defense and then your guards and perimeter guys coming over on help defense to block shots. <laughs> like that's crazy. So it was great defense by Siakam. Got to give him a lot of credit. Also got to give Norman Powell credit because the Raptors don't make the comeback without Norman Powell getting into the into passing lanes, stealing the ball. The Raptors don't make that comeback without Norm. It's just not a thing. But either way, comeback happens. And on offense, hey, it was great. Ball movement, ball movement, ball movement. I, I love down the stretch where their possessions, Siakam got the ball. He looks up, he sees Frank, Frank Kaminsky. And he just looked at him like it was food and just blows by him for the layup. But then next time down the floor, and this is part of maturation from Pascal Siakam because he just took him on the blow by the play before. And this time he looked up, could have taken him again, but instead he sees Kawhi cutting to the basket, finds Kawhi, Kawhi gets fouled. All part of the Raptors comeback. Raptors went on a 12-0 run and it all started on the defensive end. Again, great minutes from Norm. Great minutes from the Raptors in the fourth quarter playing defense to get themselves back into that game. And then it just came down to late game execution, which Raptors were getting stops. And then the Raptors were also getting buckets. Kawhi Leonard did his thing again where he was getting buckets late. And you just lose on the most ridiculous play that, I don't know, ridiculous play I've seen this season at least. It was a great game. It's a great game by the Raptors. You've seen what you needed to see because the thing that we keep missing as a fan base, as a team that's not used to having veterans on the squad with NBA Finals aspirations, you have to pace yourself. You have to play and be able to shift gears. You have to during the regular season. That's just what you have to do because you can't be going full tilt for the entire regular season you can't be going full tilt in when you're pretty much locked in to whatever your seating is, which is second at this point. But you can't be going full tilt like that the whole game. But when you see it in spurts, when you see them decide, okay, we can play defense, you know that team is there. When you're seeing the ball movement now, you know that team is there. And hey, again, it's a regular season. Dude hits a crazy shot <laughs> from half court. Again, credit to Siakam. Siakam playing great defense as the five-man out there guarding a perimeter player, knocks the ball out of Jeremy Lamb's hand. It goes into the backcourt. He picks it up and just chucks it, and it goes off the glass and in for the game winner. That's crazy. And especially in a situation where we know that this game means so much to the, Bob, to the Bobcats. Wow, I was about to call them the Bobcats. I think I did call them the Bobcats. But in this game where you know the Hornets, who are fighting for their playoff lives, they needed this game. They needed that win badly. And they were able to, to somehow pull off the win. You've seen desperate teams. The last two games the Raptors have played against OKC on Friday night. OKC is des desperate for a win as they battle for their playoff seeding in the West. And now you saw it again 
with the Hornets. The Hornets right now, they're battling for their playoff spot. They're in 10th, but they're two games back of the Miami Heat. They definitely needed that win to stay in contention. And hey, <laughs> you let that fluke win happen. You take the, the positives that you can take away from this game. You know that the negatives were, again, the game probably switched up with the bench, which the bench, again, won't be a thing come playoff time. You're only going to go seven, eight deep max. Maybe that ninth player is just a change of pace. McCaw, you throw out there to try to throw off the other team's point guard or something. Play defense, pick them up full court. But the bench is only going to consist of Fred Van Fleet, Serge Ibaka, Norman Powell. That's it. Nothing more to be worried about. Kawhi will be playing big minutes. Um, your centers, you know, you know that rotation. Now that's going to work. Mentioned Kyle and Fred, but Danny Green is going to be playing big minutes. Pascal is going to be playing big boy minutes. It's okay. All Nurse is doing right now is giving the bench a chance. Even in that fourth quarter, he let the bench continue to play despite the fact that they didn't have it. They weren't really making a comeback, and he still let them play. He didn't bring back Kyle Lowry until about the three-minute mark. Kawhi came in, I want to say, around six minutes or so, but I don't know. Uh, as we go to the comments, someone says, stop saying that, Sheldon. We need nine deep for the playoffs. I don't know why we need nine deep. I don't know why that would be a thing. I disagree. And, I mean, if we're really here arguing about who the eighth or ninth guy is, like, that's not, that's definitely, to me, not the biggest issue. If that really comes down to the being the deciding factor of a series, who the ninth man is on the Toronto Raptors, then there's way bigger issues. And someone else along the line, whether it's Kawhi or Kyle or Pascal, someone else messed up if the ninth man really matters come playoff time. Just my opinion, though. Uh, let me scroll up, though. And again, as always, thanks to you guys for tuning in and making this podcast by sending in so many comments after each and every game. Really appreciate it so much because, again, this isn't just me. This is for everyone else who's also here to discuss the Toronto Raptors night in, night out after every play, after every postseason game and regular season game. Uh, let's get to a comment here on Twitter. Someone says, I finally made it to a live podcast, and I'm so disappointed <laughs> with how the game ended. Well, apologies. I wish it could have ended in a better way for you, uh, but Jeremy Lamb had, different, had a different idea. What can we say? Jeremy Lamb. Decided to mess things up. Uh, let's see. More comments here. There's a lot of talk about OG going on here in the chat. As I try to scroll up to the beginning. Because there's so many comments here on Instagram. Really appreciate you guys forever tuning in. Uh, someone says, Shalom, Sheldon. Good to see the ball flow, but can't stand the turnovers. Agreed. There are a lot of turnovers in this game. Pascal Siakam led the team with five turnovers in this game. Kyle Lowry had three turnovers. Those are all early, though. If you think back to the second half, I believe the Raptors only had three turnovers in the second half. After such a terrible start in the first half, turnover-wise, you got to take the good with the bad. They're playing a little too loose in the first half, and when you lose a one-point game, those things are the difference. Uh, more comments here. Emma says, whatever. I'm just happy they're all together again. Knocking on wood. I'm doing that too. It's okay. Good to see the Raptors healthy. I did get nervous though. I want to say it was in the second quarter. Kyle Lowry drove to the basket. Looked like he did a two-foot jump stop. And kind of came up lame. And then he didn't really play for a while after that. I was kind of worried. I can't lie. But I was happy to see him come back in the lineup. Kyle didn't really. He played 28 minutes in this game. Seven points, six assists, only took five shots in this game, one of three from three. He and Danny Green didn't really get it going at all in this game, as both of them only combined to go three for or four for ten in this game total. Danny Green with two points. And this off of Danny Green having a string of very good games. So I don't know. Not a good look there, but they got good production off the bench as he had three players off the bench in double figures. Fred Van Fleet with 12 points, 5 of 9 shooting. Solid game for Freddie leading the bench. Serge Ibaka with 10 points off the bench. We mentioned Norman Powell with 10 points off the bench as well. So a good balanced attack from the Raptors. And if you look at what the starters did, 
namely Kawhi Leonard leading the way again with 28 points and nine rebounds in this game. Also add in three assists, but Kawhi doing it in the same efficient way that Kawhi always does it. Same thing for Kawhi and Siakam. Kawhi, 10 of 18 from the floor. Pascal Siakam, 9 of 14. My only critique of Kawhi in this game was the final two shots where he held the ball, held the ball, hit a tough jumper, and then the next time down the floor, same thing again, the double team kind of came, and there was just no movement in the offense. Everything was just focused on him. It would have been nice to see the ball movement and maybe him get the ball off of a pass and then make a move or get the ball cutting to the basket. Just something a little different than him just standing there with the defense and everyone all eyes on him and just taking a tough jumper. But hey, again, if that's what we're coming down to, I'll live and die with Kawhi in in crunch time, making decisions, taking the big time shots because he's shown me that he is still one of the best players in this league. And this load management thing has just about been keeping him fresh, about keeping him healthy, about when something was coming. He talked about it at the end of Friday's game, about the job that the Toronto Raptors as an organization have done in terms of letting him heal. And when things became nagging, they understood and they let him take his time to rest and actually recover this season. So the spot that he's at, he's healthy I can see that he's healthy, he's playing well, he's playing within the offense, there's a lot less iso ball that we're seeing with the Raps, Siakam with 5 assists in this game, Kawhi with 3, Marcus Gasol with 6 assists, again, Kyle Lowry with 6, everyone's passing the ball, everyone's moving the ball, that's what you want to see from this Toronto Raptors team, and when it comes down to crunch time, if you got to live or die with Kawhi, I'm in with that, I'm okay. Uh, someone says we got to stop overhelping. I'm questioning Nurse. I would advise you to not question Nick Nurse. I mean, Nick Nurse has done a better than advertised job this season. When you think about everything that's gone on, all the different lineup shuffling that's gone on with this team, in implementing brand new players at the start of the season, then having to do the same thing midway through at the trade deadline, Nick Nurse has done a pretty good job when you consider they still have the second best record in the entire NBA. I have a hard time crushing Nick Nurse, but overhelping on defense, that's just offensive intensity. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with everyone running around and helping on defense. It's just they made tough shots. That happens sometimes. It's okay. Another comment from Instagram. We need to do something about the turnovers. I hope they really work on that. Totally agree. Uh, more comments. That shot by Jeremy Lin is a fluke, but oh well, Hornets deserve to win this. I mean, the thing is, the Raptors played really well in the first quarter, and they played great in the fourth quarter to come back, but they really took their foot off the pedal in the middle of the game. You could tell Nurse extended the bench minutes, trying to let them play through the tough spell, and that was the difference in the game. So if you think about it in a normal circumstance, you would tighten up those minutes, you'd probably call a timeout sooner while the run was going down for the Hornets, and... That just tells you he's okay with the outcome. And if you if you think about it, I mean, do you feel that much differently about this game if Lamb misses that shot and then the Raptors win? Do you know am I making sense here? Like do we feel that much more differently about this game? Or more importantly, should you feel that much differently about this game because that shot at the end went in or out? Because to me that didn't matter. I saw what I needed to see. Like the fact that he hit that crazy shot, it's not the playoffs. It's the difference between the Raptors being 51 and 23 or 52 and 22. <laughs> like, whatever. Right? More comments. Uh, the Hornets almost, uh, we almost won, but not mad. The Hornets needed that win. Agreed. Uh, more talk on OG here. OG needs to be on the bench until next year. <laughs> wow. OG did struggle in this game. And what's happening, I think, is that if you look at how well the starters are playing, and again, the starters haven't played that much time together. We mentioned this is only the third game where the Raptors as a full unit have been totally healthy. And obviously, I'm going to guess that two of those other games don't include Marcus Gasol because he wasn't even on the team yet. But bottom line is, I don't think this lineup... The Raptors as a whole have been that healthy, much less the starters. 
So the way that the move, the ball movement is working with that group, you can tell they're vets. So reading and reacting, giving up the ball because you have faith that you will get it back. You can see that ball movement and you can see that trust factor that's developing with the starters. OG Ananobi now, he's still now trying to earn his minutes and fight for minutes because he wants that playoff burn. But it's kind of tough because how is he going to do that? We always think that it's going to be just scoring baskets, but really... He's got to simplify his game, as I mentioned earlier, and he's just not doing it. There are moments where you could tell he's just thinking too much. Instead of when you watch how smoothly the offense is working with the starters, they're reading and reacting. They don't have their mind made up in terms of what they're going to do when they get the ball. It's dependent on the defense. It's dependent on how everyone else is moving on a string, cutting to the basket. In OG's case, it's too much in his head. You can tell. Does he dribble? Does he up fake? There are moments, and OG, this should never be OG's game. This shouldn't be a lot of people's game, but he got the ball at three-point line. He up-faked, then dribbled, then tried to step back and shoot a three, and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's like a handful of dudes in the entire league that you'd be okay with taking that shot. And none of them are OG and an OB. So it's just a matter of settling down. And again, this is a learning year for OG where... You have no idea who's going to be on the roster next year. But for now, just kind of sit back. Make sure you play defense. Make sure you're ready to shoot. Make sure if you're not, if the guy's overplaying you, you're cutting to the basket and getting those type of buckets. That's what OG's got to do. Uh, someone says, OG needs to focus on threes and defense. That's it. Totally agree. Uh, someone saying, I'm done with OG. Uh, that doesn't really make sense. You can't be done with OG and Anobi. It's the second year. If he's taking a step back, a lot of it has to do with off-court issues and the fact that you brought in Danny Green. Danny Green automatically pushes him down the depth chart. That's just normal. That's expected. Like He was going to take a step back unless he made a Siakam-type leap. He was going to take a step back. Uh, let's see. People are arguing about should he be in the rotation <laughs> Potential doesn't win championships. And again, I don't think OG is going to be in the rotation and it's not anything to worry about. It's like a couple weeks ago when everyone's worried about Jeremy Lin and I was asking for patience. I was asking for people to relax because chances are Jeremy Lin wasn't going to be in your playoff rotation. And as we see now, a couple weeks later, Jeremy Lin is not in the rotation, really. He's getting minutes, but he's not really in the rotation, Right? More comments, though. Uh, OG needs to understand that his role is much different now with this roster. Totally agree. Um, someone says, JV is missed on the offensive rebounds, so the Raptors need to step up in that department. I can agree with that comment. And again, there's a huge discussion going on on uh, the YouTube chat. Huge discussion going on there where we're all talking about the value of Marcus Gasol and what Marcus Gasol means to this team and what he's been able to bring to the team so far. And people are really upset at his lack of scoring. And I kept stressing that he can score. It's just not necessary at this point. And also, too, the biggest thing we should be taking away from that is he's not forcing shots. I just use OG as the example. But think of this in terms of Surge. Think of this in terms of JV. There would be moments where they would get the ball, and just because they haven't shot the ball in a while, they're going to force it and try to get a shot up. You're never really going to see that from Marcus Gasol. You saw sometimes where they dumped it into him in the post, and he made a move, got a bucket. But he's not really going to force that. It was still within the flow of the offense. And hey, maybe you'd like to see him not pass up a shot, but I think especially early on in the game, it's so much important to get the ball movement going, to get everyone involved, to give everyone a touch, and have the offense get going, get them off to a good start, which we saw that today. Offensive rebounds, again, I think Marcus Gasol, if you watch him play, I, this is going to sound bad, and I don't mean it to sound as, as negative as it's going to sound. But you know that old guy at the gym that really doesn't move that well at all, but it's all positional, 
and he's not really jumping for rebounds ever, but he's boxing out. That kind of looks like Marc Gasol in these games. Now, I assume there's another gear that Marc Gasol will get to in terms of hitting the offensive glass and doing all those things. I assume that, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe as he gets up in age, that's one of the things that's going to be lacking from his game. And hey, the beauty of this team that the Raptors have built is if that's the case, you have Serge Ibaka. You have Kawhi Leonard who can crash the glass, but you can sub in you know, Ibaka if you're getting crushed on the glass that much. Or you can instill more of a team rebound dynamic because you know Kyle Lowry is a great team rebounder. Same thing for Kawhi, same thing for Danny Green. And we already know about Siakam's do-everything mentality. So I understand. I might give you that, that JV is a better rebounder than Marcus Gasol. But I'll take the trade-off of all the other things that Marcus Gasol does just as well, if not better, than Jonas Valanciunas. That's just me. Uh, let's see. Someone says, bruh, this team is a second-round exit. Facts. Don't know where this guy's coming from, but I'm, I'm, I'll say I disagree. I mean... I can't wait to see the playoffs come around, and if that second-round matchup is with Philly, that would be a great playoff matchup. I would take the Raptors in that series, but Philly is a good team, and if Joel Embiid just goes to some next level, turns into like 0-1 Shaq, I still like the Raptors in terms of having bodies to throw at them in terms of Gasol and Ibaka, so I'm okay with that, but I don't know. It'd be a fun series. I don't know why the negativity, if there's negativity, I don't know where the negativity comes from in terms of watching the Toronto Raptors over the past few games. I know people are saying, oh, their win-loss record is this, or I think it's like 5-5 five and five or something like that in their last 10, or it could be 4-6 and six after this game, I'm not sure. Um, apologies if I'm incorrect, but at the end of the day, we got to know that, and I think there was an article written by uh, Tim Bontemps who uh, I, I thought he used to cover the Spurs, if I'm not mistaken, but he's an ESPN writer. He's done a couple things on the Raptors this season, and he released an article, I want to say on Friday, that was talking about how the Raptors' whole mentality is they don't care about playoff seeding, which is something I've been saying from for the longest time, and I've been getting crushed for. But at the end of the day, Nick Nurse said, basically from the time he took the job, they knew that the regular season doesn't matter. What matters is the playoffs. And that's how they've treated this regular season. Now, I've been urging people, instead of focusing on the negative, that why is Kawhi out again? Why is Kyle out again? Why is this load management? Instead of focusing on the negative, why not applaud your organizational depth that you're able to have the second best record in the NBA with Kawhi sitting out 20 plus games? with Kyle Lowry almost sitting out 20 games, with a trade being made middle of the season, with Jonas Valanciunas missing a massive chunk of the season with injuries, with Fred Van Fleet missing another, what, 12 to 15 games. All of these injuries, and the Raptors still, that's how good your organizational depth is, that you still have the second best record in the NBA. That, to me, is crazy. And pardon me if they're not second currently in the NBA. They might have fallen back. Nope, they're still second in the NBA. But... The point remains, this team, they knew that all like where you finish in the standings don't matter. And I told you this a couple podcasts ago, but go back and look at the NBA Finals matchups from the past 10 years and how many times the top two teams from the regular season in either conference made it to the NBA Finals. Like, it's an easy exercise. I've been saying, actually, you know what? It's funny because I was going to do it with Webster, but we actually didn't do a, we didn't do a Ball on Blast podcast the other day. But the point remains, if you go back, and, and that's why these games don't matter. That's why the whole season I've been saying, been trying to calm people down and just get them to focus on the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is making sure that everyone was healthy for the playoffs because your seeding doesn't matter. When you're a legit team, and we're not used to that as being the fans of the Toronto Raptors because this organization has never been in that spot before. But now you have players who have been. So that mentality changes. You know, you walk a little differently now because whether you come in first or third doesn't matter because whoever the teams are, we got to see you anyways because we want to win the championship. 
So if we see you in the second round or the or the conference finals, same thing. We still want the smoke. And that's kind of been the mentality of, hey, we can rest guys. We can make sure that Kyle is healthy. We can have him sit out the two games before bringing him back. Because look at this. Let's go back. Let's do this right now, okay? So the 2017-2018 season, we obviously know last year Toronto Raptors led the Eastern Conference. They did not make the NBA Finals. In the West, the Houston Rockets led the Western Conference. They did not make the NBA Finals. Let's go back one more year to the 2016-2017 season. The Boston Celtics led the, led the uh, Eastern Conference. They did not make the NBA Finals. In the West, Golden State Warriors, we know they did make the NBA Finals, right? So again, that's, we went back two years, still haven't had both teams that won each conference make it. 2015-2016, we got LeBron's Cavs and the Golden State Warriors. Hey, there we go. That's one. That's one. We got one on the board. Okay. Let's go back another year. Uh, 2014-2015, the Atlanta Hawks, 60-22. and 22. Do you remember the Atlanta Hawks? Well, they won the Eastern Conference, and I think we know that they did not make it to the NBA Finals. In the West, Golden State Warriors, we know that they made it. Cool. So we're still at one. 2013-2014, first place team, the Indiana Pacers won the Eastern Conference. They did not make the NBA Finals. Let's go to the West. The San Antonio Spurs. Now, the Spurs in that year, is that the year that they would have beaten the Heat? Yes, that was the last year of the Miami Heat. The Spurs did make the NBA Finals, but the point remains, both teams that won each division or each conference did not make it. 2012-2013, the Miami Heat, they did make the NBA Finals. And out West, the Oklahoma City Thunder were in first. They did not make the NBA Finals. We know the Spurs made the NBA Finals in that year. Let's go back, 2011-2012. Now, that year, Chicago Bulls. They had the best record in the NBA, or sorry, in the Eastern Conference. They did not make the NBA Finals. We go out west. The San Antonio Spurs, they did. But that was the year the Spurs did not make the NBA, did not make the NBA Finals. That year would have been the Oklahoma City Thunder, the first year of the my Oh, sorry, no, I got my years mixed up. That year, the Spurs did make it, but we know the Bulls didn't. So we're still holding court there, right? Even the year prior to that, we're in 2010, 2011. We got Miami, Miami Heat. We know they made the NBA Finals. They finished with the second seed. And out West, we know that that was the first year the Oklahoma City Thunder made it to the finals. They were in fourth that year. So again, the point remains, where, where are we now? Do we want to keep going with this? 2009, 2010? Because that year, the Cavs and the Lakers had the best records. And we know that neither of the, well, we know that the Cavs did not make it because that was a LeBron exit year. So again, the point just goes to show, the seeding doesn't matter. If you are a team that has championship aspirations, we got to see you when we see you anyways. So it doesn't matter what seed you're at. And that's all we're seeing right now from the Toronto Raptors. It's just weird because we're not used to seeing that from this organization because following this team, we're not used to that. But Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, Marc Gasol, even Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, those guys know about now being in the playoffs and your seeding doesn't matter. They did that, been there, done that. I keep saying this, but they're not like the Milwaukee Bucks. All this happy-to-be-here stuff in terms of having a great regular season, we're beyond that. It's about playoff success. That's what matters. Been stressing that. Hope y'all are listening. That's all I'm saying. Uh, let's finish with a couple more comments before we wrap things up here. But uh, Tanner James SC says, That Fred, Danny, Norman, Pascal, Kawhi lineup looked incredible. The switchability on defense is amazing. Totally agree. And hey, those are the things that Nick Nurse is going to be using these last couple games for. And he's going to give a little sneak peek because you don't want to give out all the secrets, right? You just want to be able to know that that lineup can do it, but you don't want to give up all the secrets. But he can reach into his back pocket and pull that out when you're down and you might need to make a little run, turn up the defense a little as he laces them up, let's say. Can't wait. Can't wait for the playoffs. 
Um, there's more, so many more comments here. I'm going to try to scroll to the end to try to pick up some more. Uh, someone says, I love what I've seen from Norm Powell all season. Leaves me wondering why he fell out of the rotation last year. I don't know. Norm was just inconsistent. And Casey strikes me as a guy who, if you're in the rotation, you're in the rotation. And once you're out, you're going to have to work really hard to get back. That just strikes me as a Dwayne Casey thing. He's an old school coach. I understand that. I get that. His leash isn't as long with players. So you're either going or you're not. And if you're not, good luck to you trying to get back in. But Norm's gotten a chance this year and he's done a really good job, I think, all season long in terms of being super aggressive, in terms of aggressive on defense. And his three-point shooting has been very good. He's shooting it with confidence, and he's taking what the defense gives him. He's not always just going to shoot. Sometimes he's going to drive to the basket, maybe make the pass, or take it all the way in, but he's under control. He's not just barreling full speed where you'd see him take charges or you know get charges taken against him because he's out of control going to the basket. So shouts to Norm. Totally agree. Another comment. Second chance points have been a big issue all season. Totally agree with that. That is something they do have to tighten up come playoff time. Everyone's got to get on the boards. And hey, when Kawhi and company lace it up for come playoff time, hopefully that's one of the things that they take care of. We'll see, though. I hope so. Uh, Len says, I can't even be mad at that game winning shot. Basketball gods were in the Hornets' favor. Yeah, that happens sometimes. I can't even, can't even be mad. And that's why I keep trying to stress that mentality of, hey, it's a regular season. You're looking for positives throughout the game. You want to see the team, like, you want to see the ball movement continue. You want to see everyone on the court healthy. You want to see those things. Those things are way more important than the actual win or loss. And the fact that you saw this team locked down on D, you saw the ball movement continue, cool. Uh, offensive rebounds in Charlotte had 16 more shot attempts. Similar last story. Maybe an issue, but can't be mad at the game, though. Hornets shot the lights out in the third quarter, and it was a crazy shot. Exactly. Sometimes things still happen. Uh, K2 Saunders says, This was an experimental game, but we still need to get these dubs if we want to make the finals. Don't tell me home court doesn't matter against Golden State. <laughs> You're right. Yes, if something does happen, and, and right now the Raptors are ahead of Golden State, but I guess my overall point is that there's a long ways to go. <laughs> yes, I think the Raptors will make the NBA Finals for sure. There's a lot of smoke in between now and then before you're worrying about whether you have home court advantage in the NBA Finals or not. So point taken, I understand, totally agree. And right now, currently, the Toronto Raptors are, what, two games up? No, they're at 23 losses. So Golden State actually has two games in hand. They might be playing tonight. Well, they're playing right now. So Golden State could actually just end up being, what, one game behind the Raps? You're, you're totally right. But I just think that when you get to the finals, by that point, you just got to win games wherever you're at. Cool. And yes, you would love to have home court advantage in the NBA Finals. But you got to be worried about getting there first. There's just so much to worry about before I'm like, oh, we got to make sure we have home court against Golden State. Like, I'm not worried about that. Not yet. And maybe I should be. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Uh, let's see. Someone says, time for some load management with Danny Green. I don't know. Uh, Danny Green didn't play well. He didn't have a good game tonight, but it's okay. He still brought it defensively. He was part of that huge third quarter comeback on the defensive end. And again, going to show you that it's not always just going to be showing up in the box score, Danny Green's effect on the game. My guy had like two insane blocks down the stretch. Great game from Danny Green on the defensive end, especially in that fourth quarter. But again, thanks guys for tuning in on this Wrap It Up podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander. Huge shouts for all the people that continue to tune in and help out the show, whether you're on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander or the people on uh, that catch us on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Thank you guys so much. And a huge shout out to the people, the OGs, the SoundCloud crew, all the people that are tuning in on SoundCloud the next day or a couple hours later on whenever... Uh, 
the feed gets put up there. The feed gets updated on SoundCloud or iTunes or Google Play. Really appreciate you guys. And I always shout out the SoundCloud, the SoundCloud crew just because those are the OGs. That's where this podcast began. Those are the people that have been rocking with us from day one. And now that it's growing into something, always got to show love to the OGs because if it wasn't for you guys showing out love continue, continuously from the beginning, who knows if this would still be a thing. But huge shouts, especially the people that are listening from Montreal, people that are listening from Vancouver. Huge shout out to people. I see someone in Brooklyn. We got people in Brooklyn and then Edmonton couple people in los angeles calgary irvin cal irvine california wow huge shouts i'm just scrolling down this list here burnaby this is incredible shouts to all you guys tuning in and listening to the podcast and all these places really appreciate you guys because we wouldn't have a show without you guys so hugely really appreciate it and keep the comments coming especially on youtube that's where the chat continues that's where i enjoy having the conversation with people and someone said someone made a comment about uh, the reason why i keep getting crushed in the comments about talking about marcus listen (laughs) i don't i never take anything at me getting crushed in the comments at all right like it's a conversation we're talking about basketball i'm gonna have an opinion you guys are gonna have an opinion and we're all just here to discuss it it's okay it's all good like I'm never going to catch feelings, but huge shouts to uh, someone named RB on uh, that's commenting there on YouTube. And huge shouts as well to Jeff Berg, Mr. Irving, um, a lot of people there, William Saunders. Uh, huge shouts to you guys for tuning in and commenting and keeping that conversation going in between the shows. Keep the comments coming. It's okay. We're just having a conversation. Are we all passionate about the game? Of course. We love the Raptors. We've all grown up with the Raptors. And these are where the stakes are the highest. So having these conversations, I enjoy them so much because, hey, sometimes there's things that I won't see that you guys will see and vice versa. And that's why we're here for the conversation. So don't ever think that I'm ever offended or I'm mad because someone doesn't agree with me. They're all just opinions. We're all just watching the same games and tuning in and enjoying the conversation the same way. So again, greatly appreciate you guys. Huge shouts. And it's a weird week for the Raps. They got a couple games against the Knicks and Bulls this week. We'll be here again on the Wrap It Up podcast. Thanks for tuning in because I really did use to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.